your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And today we are joined by someone who has delayed this recording by 45 minutes with his wonderful hockey anecdotes. Maddie, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I know that like I'm not the most popular guest you've had, but it's nice to at least pretend like I'm the smartest one. So I can give a, a little bit of fake expertise to the show. Before we jump into the action, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to be talking about Vladimir Tarasenko, the NHL awards, uh, and then some some famous TikToker who's going to be promoting the NHL, I guess. We'll be getting into all of that. But before we do, just want to let everyone know that today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and join me and Tommy. Hopefully this week we'll be doing a live watch party to one of the games to get in on the action. First things first, the NHL unveiled their awards. And I know, Maddie, you said before the show that uh, you thought that for the first time in the history of the league that they got them all right. What are, what are, what are we thinking of the awards? It's, it's insane because usually every single year there's always one to two awards where people are like, what are you, thi- what are you talking about? Like the writers are stupid. They're dumb. They just care about points. This year, I think they basically got all of them 100% right. The only thing I personally would have changed is instead of Fox winning the Norris, I would have given it to Makar. But I understand that Makar only playing 44 games hurt him a little bit this year. And I think it was pretty much a perfect awards ranking, especially with McDavid getting every single first place vote. That's what I was going to say, too, that I think what Connor McDavid did in a shortened season was just nothing short of remarkable. So the fact that he did get a unanimous vote. Uh, I think Maddie said that's the second time in history that, that that happened. The first time it's happened outside of a guy named Wayne Gretzky. So uh, I think that tells you everything you need to know about what happened this season, uh, but also the kind of player that Connor McDavid is. Obviously, we've been talking about him for a long time, but we get we said the hot take before, but I think when it's all said and done, it's going to be Wayne Gretzky and Connor McDavid at the top, and Wayne Gretzky might be number two. Whoa, I don't know about that one. Have we have we said that before? I said that before, and you gave me the same response. And I think the reason is the introduction of the butterfly for goalies. It's way harder for Connor McDavid to score now than it was for Wayne Gretzky to score back then, in my opinion. Hot takes already. Right off the jump. You get what you pay for, right? You see the McDavid gave a statement on the Olympics, and his quote about the Canadian team was, if I'm lucky enough to be invited to play. Like, you think they're going to pass over Connor McDavid? Imagine if they did, though. <laughs> that would be uh, something. Yeah, you know, uh, we're kind of like saying that uh, Sidney Crosby, a, a little bit better. More leadership, more cups. So uh, he knows how to win. And uh, McDavid, he's talented, good kid, uh, doesn't know how to win yet. So Sidney Crosby, uh, captain of Team Canada. And then McDavid just doesn't even make it. I mean, McDavid I doesn't it. even make it. You know, they got to get they gotta get Petrangelo on there. They got to get... Well, not Cole Caulfield because he's American and extremely good at hockey. He he could light it up for Team Canada, though. He'd light it up for everyone. He could. He could. He he plays for a Canadian team, essentially adopted Canadian. Might as well give it to him. There's so many talented players. Speaking of talented players, Adam Fox wins the Norris. Connor McDavid wins the Hart, the Lindsay, the everything. Vesna goes to Marc-Andre Fleury, and then the caller goes to Kirill Kaprasov, who could be like the first caller winner ever to win the award and then dip from the NHL forever. 
the one here that kind of stuck out to me was the Vesna winner. Is and just because not that I disagree with it by any means, I think Mark Andre Fleury and all the shutouts he had this season make it extremely difficult for riders and really anyone to vote for anybody else. But if you remember the Players Association polls said that by a long shot. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky was the best goalie this year, so a little bit of contradiction there. But uh, I do think Marc Andre Fleury, uh, by every account, is all deserving of the Vesna Award this season, especially in the category of drip for goaltenders. My God, he has the best setup: the all gold, great mask, a billion shutouts on the season. Even without his on ice play, he got stabbed with a sword the off season prior. Like honestly, surprised he didn't win comeback player of the year. Yeah, honestly, exactly. after being stabbed with a sword, yeah, that's true. I mean, I got stabbed by a sword once, and I never played hockey again. How close do you think Robertson was to beating Kaprizov? He did come second because he played less games too, if I'm not mistaken. But he was tearing it up for the stars too, which that'll be fun. Well, did you going did forward, you see the votes uh, dealing with? Because he I didn't he, see. The oh, vote well, I thought you were asking that out of sarcasm because he Kaprizov got 49 out of 50 first place votes. So he was not very close to answer your question. However, in the hearts of Stars fans, right there, just right there. I was going to say, I heard a lot about him and he, like, he could push Kaprizov and like if people don't vote for Kaprizov because he's old or whatever dumb reason. But that's going to be fun moving forward in the Central having to deal with those two absolute monsters on oh, the ice. So unless Kaprizov yeah, goes back, back to, yeah. to Russia. I don't know. Do you think, that's, you think that's a real tactic? you think it's just negotiation? I think it's just negotiation. I mean, Isn't it always just in, negotiation? I feel like it has to be, right? I mean, let's let's think what uh, like what examples has it not been negotiation outside of like I don't know Ilya Kovalchuk is the only one I can think of that it wasn't just straight up negotiation. It would be it would be it would be funny in a very cruel kind of way. I have no ill will towards the Wild, but maybe if it was like they need the Kaprizov, right? And we talked about it on the last on one of the last episodes, like the Winter Classic with Kaprizov as opposed to the Winter Classic without Kaprizovers is two very different beasts like you said like they need him and like minnesota hasn't had a superstar in a hot minute so i can't even be mad at them like having a guy come in and tear it up like he did because that's exciting to watch especially for especially for a state like minnesota that is so hungry for hockey uh, they they definitely deserve a guy like him so speaking of uh good players that are tearing it up vladimir tarasenko once again continues to find himself in trade rumors this time with a couple of Potentially questionable sources leaking what could be four teams on his list of teams that he would get traded to. So we're going to be getting into that, talking about the legitimacy of those rumors. But before we do, I want to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Tommy, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Like I said, Tommy and I will be hosting hopefully at least one more watch party before the Stanley Cup final wraps up. So you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every single day. Greenroom is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Greenroom for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to all the big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and Tommy and maybe even be featured on the Lockdown Blues podcast through our Greenroom conversation. So go download the Greenroom app right now. Currently available on all iOS and I think Android devices, finally. Uh, be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for all league updates. Follow me at Josh Hyman NHL or Tommy at TWelcher15 to be notified whenever we go live. See you there, Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. And finally, 
before we resume this great content, this great episode, we want to tell everyone about our favorite sponsor we've had forever. It's Built Bar. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor, Tommy? I, 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 I got to know. It was the raspberry cheesecake, right. man. I think it was limited edition, but that is 100% the best Built Bar I've ever had. There you go. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors that are classics, but like Tommy said, the occasional limited time flavor. If you don't know the, all the flavors, you got coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. But if you don't know which one your favorite is, you want to try them all, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. And the reason why I love Bilt Bar so much, the reason why they're so popular, at least in my house, is because not only do they taste amazing, they're also healthy. Most of the flavors have only have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We've been talking about it for weeks now. The rumors keep getting a little bit more and more legitimate. Now we have some potential teams in the mix um, th- those teams for that are potentially on Vladimir Tarasenko's, my goodness, um, no trade clause that he's willing to waive are he'd be willing to go to the New York Islanders, Carolina Hurricanes, Vegas Golden Knights, and Boston Bruins. Um, first of all, ouch. Second of all, do we believe those rumors? Do we think that those teams would make sense? The first time I saw the source or whatever was on a Facebook article, so that's how you know right off the jump, like. You got to look into it a little bit more, right? And so they said that the source that they used was STL ESPN, which is just a weird way to phrase 101 ESPN in general. So it just seems strange. And second, if they are referring to 101 ESPN, I'm like 95% positive that they didn't say anything uh, close to that. But then I saw it on multiple sources on Twitter too. None of the blues sources, but the Islanders tweeted it out. The Carolina, some Carolina page tweeted it out as well. So uh, something worth mentioning, I guess, but I don't think there's any truth to it. I'll believe it when Elliot Friedman says it on 31 Thoughts. But uh, it, is, it is interesting that those were even the teams that were mentioned, especially Vegas being involved in there. I don't think the blues would trade with them ever after giving them Alex Petrangelo essentially but it does sound like the steps being taken in this discourse of Vladimir Tarasenko either staying next season or leaving next season uh, are pointing more towards him not being a member of the St. Louis Blues so uh, it's definitely something to watch as it develops over the course of this offseason but uh, if you want Vladimir Tarasenko back for the Blues next season I would say that things aren't aren't trending in that direction. What about you, Matt? What are, you, what are your thoughts? I gotta say, the, the teams involved don't make a ton of sense, right? But what we do know and have learned is since a lot of people are propagating it, Vladimir Tarasenko is still considered a hot commodity among fans of the league. And that's not hard to see why. He had five consecutive seasons of not 30-plus, 33-plus with a peak of 40 he just recently led the Blues in playoff goals against the Avs. Granted, they did get swept. But if you go back to the cup run, he was second in goals with 11. Schwartz had 12. He's completely underperformed his expected numbers uh, despite a traditional shooting percentage over 10%, which is insane. If you look at, for example, going to get some deep cut analytics here. Expected goals above replacement wins above replacement, and standing points above replacement are all kind of catch-all stats to determine how valuable a player has been. 
his expected goals above replacement is 119.2, with his actual being 96.6. That's insane. Tarasenko has been such a driver of the St. Louis Blues throughout his career with an absolute steal of a contract with a cap hit of $47 million composed to an actual value of $61 million. So he has been underpaid by $20 million for his entire career. He's consistently been a very elite offensive talent throughout his career. There's no wonder that everyone wants him. The big reason why he's even in these trade rumors is because of injuries, as we all know, and the fact that he's played 34 games over the past two seasons. That's not great. And I think we were talking about it before the podcast. It's essentially, are you betting on Tarasenko returning to form from this injury or not? And that's why his probably his perceived value is the lowest it's ever been and maybe the lowest it ever will be. But again, on the flip side, that's kind of why these trade talks are happening because his value is so low and because you say, well, do we really want to commit to re-signing this guy who's going to be 31 at the end of his contract and going to probably be asking for a raise, if not the same amount of money, even with these three shoulder surgeries. So, And Maddie, that's something you were talking about before the podcast too, is like internal evaluation. Because on one hand, if you take a team like the Kings and potentially like looking for a top six forward, and like I know we mentioned some other teams at the beginning of this, but I'm still thinking that the Kings would make sense for Vladdy to go potentially this offseason. But we take what they have, and if their evaluation of Vladimir Tarasenko is that they do think he's going to return to a 30-plus goal scorer uh, and be a dynamic force on their offense, they'd probably be willing to offer a little bit more than a team uh, that thinks he's not going to return to form and will take his play just at face value. Uh, and so that's kind of the juxtaposition you have if you're Doug Armstrong right now dealing with trade negotiations because hopefully you're expecting that everyone's going to see the potential in Vladimir Tarasenko, but at the end of the day, that's not likely. So you're probably holding out for better deals while also keeping in mind the teams that he did actually list uh, and trying to find the perfect fit between those two. And I think that's going to be a tall task for Doug Armstrong. So we'll see if he can pull it off. It's certainly difficult. As we know, I'll reference the athletic article that Rutherford wrote um, many moons ago. Uh, the, the fact that with his injury, there's about a 70% return to previous form level, right? So you're going to be dealing with teams that believe he's still in that 70 percentile, and I think the Blues should be one of those teams, considering odds are that's where he'll be. Um, but you're also going to find offers from teams who think he's in the 30 percentile, right? But, but what do we think? Let's say right now, Tarasenko's play from the past two seasons, um, especially this season where he dealt with, I think, like two to three different injuries, counting his rehab of the shoulder, this season, he still had a, an individual expected goals created of 3.2 at even strength in about 357 minutes. And that's higher than Kale McCarr. That's higher than Robert Thomas. That's higher than Nico Heischer. And all of which had more minutes outside of Heischer. Heischer had 292 at even strength. Thomas played 396 at even strength. And McCarr played 844 minutes at even strength, right? So Tarasenko is still being really, really good. 
And when he's healthy, a lot of people will will put the knock on him that he's not as physical anymore. Ever since 17-18, he's turned into over a hit-per-game player. He's still shown up in the playoffs. As I mentioned, he led the team in goals when they were swept by the Avs. Yeah, they were swept, but it's still a great sign for him as a player that he's scoring goals against the Avalanche when no one else on your team, David Perron, not a factor in that series because he was knocked out, but Ryan O'Reilly, your captain, can't get a goal across. Jaden Schwartz, another guy who may or may not get a big contract, can't get it across the goal line. Tarasenko was the guy who did get goals in that series. Only two? Yeah, but name a person who got three. There's not one of those. And as we know, this shoulder surgeries will likely have no negative impact on Tarasenko's playing career. The, the side effects that come from his surgeries and injuries will come when he's retired. So any like wonders on that front of his shoulder strength or how his shoulder might deteriorate throughout the contract should be alleviated for both fans and the organizations in the NHL. He'll be okay. And I think that's one of the reasons why, for me, I don't believe that the list that he gave the team is only four teams because it, it does feel like there's a lot of matches potentially for him if he wants to go play for a competitive team. Uh, I feel like a lot of teams would be willing to take a flyer on him because of, like you mentioned, his his production in the playoffs. Uh, probably bet some some of the best in the league. So he could be a viable asset for a lot of teams that are trying to get over the hump, uh, like Calgary comes to mind. So uh, I as much as there's speculation about whether or not Matthew Kachuk actually wants out of Calgary. I don't think he would come out and say that to anybody. But with all the buzz surrounding that topic and all the buzz surrounding Tarasenko, I still think Doug Armstrong could look into bringing Matthew Kachuk here and moving Vladimir Tarasenko plus some other pieces uh, to Calgary in return. Big, big conversations we're having. And and I don't know, Matty, you kind of you kind of sold me on the on the Keith Tarasenko train. I've been on the fence, but. Now, after after hearing all the all the points you bring up, I, I'm not too sure anymore. It's certainly a difficult spot. Like I said, you know, it all comes down to: Do you believe that Tarasenko is in the 70 percentile or the 30 percentile? That comes entirely down to whether you should be on the trade him train. I'm always up for a trade, but it's all about value in, value out. If you had to, well, if you had to put money on it, Maddie, what, what would you say? Would you say Tarasenko's going or if he's staying? If I had to put money on it. And I am indeed a betting man. I would say that Vladimir Tarasenko will stay a St. Louis Blue heading into next season. Well, you heard it here first from the betting man himself. But if you are a betting man or woman or anyone that just is interested in sports betting, you got to check out betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. For the next pitch, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a free 50% welcome bonus along with that first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. And when we come back, we'll be wrapping up this episode with Maddie talking about Tarasenko and maybe talking about 
TikTok? What? I know. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. All right. So we talked about this a little bit before the podcast, and it's probably much longer than just a few minutes, few minute conversation. But the NHL recently announced that Josh Richards, TikTok star, co-host of a podcast with Dave Portnoy is is now the I don't remember what the official title is so if one of you has has the tweet pulled up or whatever but he is the fan voice for something something moving forward I, I don't remember but controversial move I think a lot of people have some different opinions on it so what do we think I think for me I, we're talking about it before the podcast Maddie was making a lot of sense in terms from a marketing standpoint uh, it almost seems like NHL is targeting the same demographic that it are that it always has and just in a younger scope. Um and so obviously like anytime you dive headfirst into a social media platform like TikTok with a social media influencer like like Josh Richards, I mean using him as an influencer to help you kind of boost your clout, I guess, on TikTok as an app is a great idea from a marketing standpoint, but like Maddie said before the pod, I think moving vertically downwards in the atmosphere of the audience that you already have, I would like to see hockey and the NHL as a whole move more horizontal uh, to avenues that they haven't explored yet. I get wanting to bring in younger fans and the next generation and all of that stuff and have fans for their life and have fans from the time that they're 12 years old till they're like 60, 70, 80 years old. I get all of that, but there's also a lot of demographics that I feel like haven't been hit on by the NHL and frankly have been kind of neglected by the NHL. So I would like to eventually see them dive headfirst into those categories as well. Yeah, as as I mentioned uh, before we started recording this, there is a difference between growing your brand and expanding your brand. Growing your brand is, take Locked On as an example, they have Locked On NHL, kind of the flagship catch-all podcast, right? They will feature the subsections of the Locked On Network, like Locked On Blues, and that will generate traffic from other sections of the Locked On Network to come and watch and listen to your guys' show. But that's not expanding the audience. It's growing your individual show with the same core audience. That's kind of the exact thing the NHL is doing with Richards. He's already kind of a hockey guy. He looks like the generic hockey fan. He talks like the generic hockey fan. He is affiliated with the same people some of the core audience already listens to and, uh, you know, takes inspiration from, if you will. But expanding your brand is about going into new markets and getting new communities of people interested in your content. Um, There's a large contingent of people in the minority communities queer communities, especially artist community on, on Twitter, especially that would have a huge amount of interest in the NHL. And what they will see is the NHL making no effort to diversify the audience and expand the brand, but just solidify the current core market that is already not going to go anywhere. That's my main issue with taking Josh Richards and claiming him and slapping the title of voice of the NHL fans onto him because yeah we know he's the voice of NHL fans he looks like the stereotypical NHL fan he is what the majority of us already are 
I mean, I'd like to think I have better hair than he does. Oh, absolutely. I think all of us do. That's a whole separate entire podcast on just his hair. But it's there's a lot of different people that would make larger strides in the areas the NHL needs to make strides in. They have the ad campaign of hockey is for everyone. We'll show it by actually listening and including the voices who will speak for the audience you don't have. Because Josh Richards ain't that guy, pal. He's not that guy. I think you described it perfectly. I think it is somewhat of a, of a lateral move. Like, yeah, it's going to get some people hyped up. Like, oh my God, Josh Richards. But is anyone that's going to get excited about Josh Richards being the voice of the NHL fans not already an NHL fan? Probably not. Um, and I think there were absolutely opportunities for the NHL to kind of get someone who would kind of bridge the gap between maybe it is the the hockey is for everyone crowd. Because like you said before the podcast, there is such a large demographic of people that probably feels underrepresented by the NHL and their current marketing that is a big hockey fan, but isn't as passionate as they could be because they don't feel like they have appropriate representation within the NHL marketing scheme. And this was a big opportunity for them to, for the NHL to try to cater to that a little bit. And they did not. Well, I think that is all the time we have for today. Uh, Matt, if you want to take a, a few seconds to promote whatever you want to promote, the floor is yours. Shout out your Twitter handle, whatever you want to do. Awesome. Thank you. It was, it was really fun to, to be on this with you guys. I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk some good old hockey. Um, if, if you enjoyed my, my takes here today, uh, my Twitter is at Maddie B. Bippin, two T's, two P's in the Bippin. Um, follow me there. I preach a lot of the same that I already do, that I already did here, really. Um, sometimes it's a bit more in depth, sometimes it's less so, sometimes a little bit sarcastic. But, you know, I, I just try to be honest and objective with a lot of my takes. I find that to be kind of missing in a lot of the hockey circles. And at the end of the day, all, all I tweet about is ways to improve. Uh, both the Blues, the NHL, other teams on occasion. If, if you enjoy that kind of content and you enjoyed me today, drop me a follow. It'd be cool. It's nice to always have more people to circulate ideas with. And uh, go Habs for the final. Yeah, there you go. Let's Come go on. Habs. He's right. He's right. The bandwagon bowl gains another supporter. Unbelievable. Les Habitants. So thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining, Maddie. It was a great time. Um, we'll have to get you back on here soon, you know, throughout this busy, busy off season. Uh, I know you got lots more takes that you didn't get a chance to share. So thanks again, Matty, for joining us. Make sure you guys check him out on Twitter. He's got some some great content over there. Um, so thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thanks. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. That way you never miss a new upload. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at LockedOnBlues. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Spotify Greenroom at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy on Twitter and Spotify Greenroom at TWelcher15. Thanks again so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.